I'm Coach Seb, and this is Running New Mexico. All right, joining me today is Magdalena uh, Sandoval Donahue. She's a former Brooks athlete, two-time Olympic marathon trials runner, qualifier, a PhD geologist, founder of Think Ubiquitous, and Rough It Outdoors. Um, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And we were talking just before this, there's so much more that you've done, and we'll see what we end up touching on today. But um, I'm really excited to, to talk to you. And my first question is, uh, how did you get into running? I, I think I have an idea of this based on your background, <laughs> but <laughs> I want to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah. How did I get into running? That's a good question. Um, it's very natural. I grew up with my dad, who is an elite runner, and he was um, he was a, an international marathoner, and he actually won the 1980 Olympic marathon trials and set the American record and the Olympic trials record. And, and uh, he had raced from before I was born and he raced his uh, several Olympic trials, both in the marathon and in the 10,000 meters up until um, 1992, I think was his last marathon trials. And um, so I grew up just seeing him training day in and day out. And it seemed like the most entertaining, exciting, enjoyable thing to do. And so it was also, it was just a very natural kind of lifestyle to, to be very active. I didn't, I did not start with running. My parents were pretty clear on that. I was a swimmer. So I was in uh, swimming lessons and then swim team from early age. My mom was a big swimmer and I did some gymnastics I uh, had a very short and failed career in t-ball, um, <laughs> got cut from tryouts in basketball, failed out of soccer. So the um, anything with coordination or fast-moving balls or implements, I, I, I steered clear from very quickly. And um, that left things like swimming and running. I did try out, like I started track in middle school and I actually, I started with throwing the discus and doing the high jump. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they were cool. I still think they're cool. The high jump is like still maybe my favorite event to watch in track and field. And, uh, but then I, I got recruited into the, to the distance team when we did our mile time trial in PE and the PE teacher was the coach and she was like, no, no, no come back in here from the discus field. Uh, you know, I think maybe you'll have more success in the, uh, in the mile. So, so I, uh, realized quickly that that was where I, I was meant to go. Right. <laughs> yeah. I can, uh, I can see that might be a little like, <laughs> why are you doing discus? <laughs> I, I don't know. It was different. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I, I will say like those other, you know, field events are, they are fun, especially 
you know, for myself, you know, just speaking from my own experience as a distance runner, like just seems so like intriguing and fun. And the high jump is, is cool. I, I, I kind of dabbled in it my senior year. I'm like, Oh, this, this looks like fun. Maybe I can try this out. And the uh, coach came up after a few days of practice and was like, Oh, you're not bad. I think by your senior year, you could make it to state. I'm like, Oh, I am a senior, so I'm done. <laughs> so I'm on the fast track to state. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was terrible, and um, uh, and I enjoyed them. But uh, no, I I quickly gravitated to running and and running longer and longer. So that was, uh, yeah, that was uh, funny, but oh well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> On you, you obviously, I mean, whether it was just talent or, you know, hard work, but I, I think even your eighth grade year, you ended up being second at state for cross country, which is, I mean, obviously pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I started pretty early and I, I, Really, I just loved it. I, to be honest, I, I mean, I just loved it from the beginning. Cross country, in particular, is, is my favorite. And I was able to go up with at the time. You know, in Los Alamos, we had a separate middle school team and a high school team, and I was able to bump up to the high school team my eighth grade year and run with some of the older girls. And and yeah, we made state and had a great run and I just remember kind of thinking like wow so this is like what running is with you know I was in eighth grade I was really tiny and short and and I was there with all these older girls including one of the the girls who had been my babysitter when I was younger and I thought I was so you know it was just a like I think I my eyes were wide as saucers the entire weekend and um Wow. You know, including running the race. So it was just, it was fun. Yeah. I bet. And, you know, it always it intrigues me, you know, from my time in running and, and now as a coach myself and, and seeing the, the way certain teams have just built this, I don't I can't think of the right word, but, but it's the, the, the way the team team is built and everybody is so close and there's so many people on the team and Los Alamos has always been like that from, like I said, from when I was running and, and all these years. And it's just amazing that, that it's been able to, to continue to stay as big and as strong and, and have that background that, that they have. And, you know, can you talk a little bit about the team culture that, that was built around when you were running? Yeah. Yeah. We had, um, it, it was a great team. It was really fun. I think there's a big advantage there. The team, even when I was there is, is huge. The number of, of runners is really quite large. So the number who get selected for the varsity and the JV eventually, you know, come from a really large number of enthusiastic runners. And so it's a very supportive and very positive group when I was there. And it was of all ages from, you know, me, who was a little bit of a clueless kind of eighth grader to these seniors who had 
you know, they were seasoned through their high school years. And, and our coaches, Rob and Kathy Hipwood at the time were, I mean, they were great. They were, and they had been around not that long, but they had really set a, a really strongly consistent and a very progressive kind of program. And so they really worked to kind of group kids where they belonged and where they were developmentally and where they were motivationally, and then really catered these kind of subgroups within the larger uh, team of athletes into what was needed. And I they took a really progressive approach. And I think, you know, that has shifted over time and changed as, as their coaching has refined and things like that. But at least for me, when I started, I, you know, I ran three days a week and I swam a couple days a week, maybe, maybe I swam one day a week, but, and I had a, several days off and, and then I was able to progress through as, you know, my body kind of was able to you know, get used to running and handle a little bit more mileage and things like that. And, and so I felt they provided a pretty good balance into kind of growing an athlete. And I think that was maybe not explicit as an eighth grader, as an athlete, even through high school, but it's something that I've appreciated more as I have coached athletes. And as I look at my daughters now and think, you know, how would I want an athletic progression to go and how would I not want it to go? So, um, but yeah, we had great, I mean, we had great friends, some of my best friends from high school, you know, all of my best friends, well, maybe not, but most of my best friends from high school were runners. And I mean, it's just, it was, it was relaxed. It was fun. It was competitive, but it was all with a larger picture of kind of a, you know, group success and team success. And so I think that's, um, that has carried on with the Hipwoods as their, you know, over through their 20 plus year legacy at Los Almos. Well, and that's pretty amazing. I mean, again, that they, they were able to kind of start off that that flow and, and doing some some swimming you know I think there's a lot of coaches some that I've I, I've known who would really just like oh well you're running at this level then we're gonna we're gonna bump you up and your body can handle it because you're already running at this level and not kind of thinking of that progression so that's that's amazing that that you were able to have that experience and and really grow into to your running and the mileage. Yeah, yeah, it's um I think it's a really important one and um and it's one that I think my dad instilled in me in the idea of, you know, you work hard, there are times for running, there are times for rest, there are times for cross training and that, you know, helped him and of course through his running career. But that the idea of taking time off and gauging things and really kind of making really big seasons to your training, whether that's in a, you know, the decadal season, the or the seasonality of a year, the seasonality even of a week and being able to be like, all right, here's when we work hard, here's when we take off, here's how this 
this flow so that you're not working to burn out or you're not trying to drive yourself into injury. And I think that's something that, especially as I moved into post-collegiate marathoning, that ability to really like, I'm pretty relaxed about how those things go and taking a day off is, is an absolute. Um, and then, you know, taking cross training days, it's the best strength work you can do. I feel, you know, you get a great aerobic, happily I was a strong swimmer, so you can get a great aerobic workout and, um, with an hour, 90 minutes of swimming and, and does nothing but benefit my running. So I've been pretty glad for that. Yeah, that's, that's great. I think, um, cross training and, and days off are something that can be easily lost, um, at all levels of runners from high school all the way up to, to, you know, any level, just, just because it, you get you, it's easy to have this sense of, well, if I'm not training, you know, that person I want to be is, and, or that time I'm chasing, you know, I need to continue instead of having that understanding. And, and I, know I, I do the same thing. I'm, <laughs> I'm just guilty of it as, as many of the people I tell, like, no, it's, it's okay to take a day off. You're not going to lose anything, but you know, it's hard to tell yourself that, <laughs> you know, how much did your dad really influence? I mean, you've, you've talked a little bit about it and it's something that I think probably has informed a lot of your running, but you know, when you were in high school, did he ever, was he ever giving you tips and tricks or did he kind of just leave it like, your coaches are your coaches and I'm going to be your dad. Yeah. Um, something of a mix in general. Um, in general, during the season, I did the coaches workouts in the summertime when we would run, cause we were given, you know, you're supposed to run during the off season, things like that. I definitely ran with him and we did our own little kind of weekly runs kind of things like that. But I definitely, I mean, he was, he is a huge, huge influence and just really, really important, especially in terms of like the mentality of racing and race technique and race strategy and ways to approach, you know, this kind of race or that kind of race or this kind of course, or, you know, how do I think about, I know I'm running against, you know, this woman and she's, you know, has this kind of, uh, you know, technique or habit, and this one tends to do this. And, and so being able to approach racing and to think about it and to really like analyze it in terms of a strategy that definitely came a lot from my dad, um, definitely from my coaches too, but I, you know, being able to talk about it with my dad and kind of think about things like that, or really even then being able to hash out, like, why am I doing this workout or why, you know, why did I feel this way after this workout and this way after, you know, another one? And, oh, it's, you know, he can say, well, yeah, it's very clear. Look at your last, you know, two weeks of training. This is why you feel tired. This is why you feel amazing. And, the, you know, so he provided a huge amount of context and knowledge um, for everything from training to recovery to nutrition to racing and, and strategy. And I think that was really just irreplaceable. Um, he also had, you know, the pure, like, love of racing, like, love of competition. And to be able to have that in a parent and, in, 
you know, this huge influence um, for me was super positive. I mean, it was just, it was just awesome. And I have to say the the times where we would run together and we would kind of do workouts together, or long runs, or we'd have something we called like adventure runs or, um, you know, runs, we called them um, challenge runs. When the weather was really bad, we'd go have a challenge run. And um, it was always like really fun. It was always trying to find, you know, the biggest benefit or the most fun out of whatever run it would be or whatever activity it would be. And so, so that was really important. Another interesting thing from him that I, I think has had, I mean, I know has had a huge influence in my life has been the ability to contextualize your running. And so for me, running has been really, really important. And it's been huge. I mean, it's just, it's been a huge part of my life, but it's definitely one of many facets. And it's one that I commit to and perform on, you know, very deeply, but it's also, you know, the same, I have the same expectations of commitment and high performance and high, you know, expectation with my professional life and my personal life. And that I think came from my dad because, you know, while he was training hard, you know, he was also at Stanford and he you know, grew up speaking Spanish in a dirt floored house in Northern New Mexico. And then went, you know, ended up going, you know, to Stanford and competing around the globe with the, you know, the best people in the world. But he also did that while still going through medical school and then residency and then fellowship. And he did that medical school residency and fellowship while also raising six kids and starting his own medical practice and, you know, having a big commitment to the people of Northern New Mexico along the way to provide medical care. And so I think, especially as I've grown into being more adult, being able to see that, you know, uh, duality or that multiplicity of, of focus has been important. And so, you know, while, you know, maybe, I don't know, there's a lot that goes on in my life. And I think that that's really important in terms of not leading to like too much obsession or too much, you know, the highs and lows of running success, you know, well, that's great. If I qualify for the Olympic trials, that's really wonderful and it's good. And um, I would expect that, but I still also have to finish, you know, this dissertation paper or something like that. So there's, you know, you kind of, you have a bad workout or a bad race. Well, that's great. Go have a good time in the lab, something like that. So, um, so there's always a lot that, you know, goes on in my life. Right. And, and I touched on that earlier and, and there's a, you know, a couple of things that you said in there that I'd like to get back to, but you know, I definitely want to want to stick on on this kind of idea of being able to manage, I guess, uh, you know, running with everything else and, and learning that from your dad. It, it was a question I was thinking of as you were talking about the fact that he was going through med- medical school and 
and doing all of these things while running at a at a high level and you again were doing the same thing you were going through your phd and and um starting a family and you know that's not that's not an easy task and a lot of people would would say you've got to kind of choose one or the other and so you know being able to to continue to to be a student and a mom at a high level while also continuing your running at a high level you know it's yeah. not something i think no matter the gender i mean a, a, a dad I, I think it's it's something that can be difficult for for most people to handle yeah yeah it's definitely um it's definitely something that that i know takes work and it takes a lot of um like focus and a lot of of organization i do think i mean very happily um i have like i have the best support i can imagine i have a wonderful husband john and he has been just you know we've we've been like partners for for so long through so many things um we've known each other since we were 12 in middle school, (laughs) but, um, but, um, but, um, so, so I have huge support and I can't like, I cannot stress enough that being able to do all of these different aspects is, is not nothing that I can do alone. And, and, and it's all done with a huge support network, whether that's, um, you know, emotional support or, you know, our, our, um, you know, physical support of like, you know, I'll run to one place and get, you know, he'll come and like pick me up or drop me off in one place and I'll run to another place. Or, you know, as we're going through school, you know, between the two of us, one of us would be in school, the other one would be working and then we flip kind of flip and then, you know, the other would be in school and the other one would have a job. So we have this kind of financial balance and we have this also this enthusiasm for each other where we can really push you know, what are you doing today? What is exciting to you? How are we growing today? What are we going to build together? Um, and I think that most of all is the, like, you know, the, the reason why so much can be done. And I, I have to, I cannot stress enough the, the support that I get from my husband and, you know, from the, the local running community, you know, various sponsors I've had, et cetera, et cetera. But most of all, I think having that strong family support has been just, you know, it's just irreplaceable for me. So I feel very lucky to to have and, and to participate in that. I, th- I think that's that's amazing. And that's awesome that, that you guys were able to find that. And, you know, I think that's something that I think people can relate to it in, in any aspect of their life is you, you, you have to be able to work with your partner to, to manage, yeah. how, you know, both, both of your, your dreams and your, your wants and, and what you're going to kind of pursue for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's also, I mean, it's definitely like something, you know, what do I want and what do I want to do? But it definitely requires a lot of balance. Like if I'm going to be, committing to heavy marathon training, you know, that's a heads up that, you know, we talk about 
you know, John and I between ourselves to say like, all right, you know, I'm eyeing this marathon in nine months and it's gonna require essentially a nine month commitment from you, my partner, who's going to be as involved as I am in this marathon training, not doing the actual running, but it's the like, I'm tired. I, you know, need this coordination. I need this, you know, I'm going to have you doing this long run during this time, you know, it's maybe a little bit more um, time in the weight room or something like that. And, you know, is I'm going to be traveling to try to get to these buildup races, you know, on these weekends. So let's make sure that together our joint schedules can support that. And, and once we had kids, you know, then it's like, okay, well, you know, we really have to coordinate our, our family time. And, and, um, and so luckily, you know, I mean, we, we kind of work, I mean, it's pretty awesome, I think. Um, but we really work hand in hand. And so that's been able to really support that, but it's definitely like a joint effort to do something like serious marathon training. That's awesome that you guys are able to work that out and, and have, you know, have those conversations to support each other. And, you know, you mentioned that, you know, obviously when you're, when you've got this marathon and you're eyeing it and, you know, he's going to be involved because he's going to be, you know, doing other things around the house or, or helping you out train. Um, but I was curious, does, does he run or, or is he a runner as well? He is. He is. He, um, he can run. He does run. He he likes to. Um, I would say his his favorite activities are rock climbing and skiing. Um, we do run together, and especially like right now during the pandemic, and um, you know, I'm postpartum, and uh, it's great. So we'll go on runs together. And it's, it's really wonderful. We, we do a ton of, um, probably most of the time that, that we're together, we're probably doing something like hiking or backpacking, but, um, but he's a runner. He likes it. You know, at times there are times in life when, when he's a huge runner and there are times when he's like, oh, no way. So, um, but there's definitely, you know, he's a, he's an active competitive man as well. So, there's, um, you know, well, our, our favorite true loves of activity may be different. I'm terrified of skiing, you know, um, we, we kind of, we understand what it is. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. I, I think, I mean, that's good that you guys can share it, but also have, you know, kind of your own things. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also really like to run really, really early in the morning. That's like my favorite time to run. And, um, and he is not excited to be awake at five o'clock in the morning. So, so there is a difference in that happily right now, winter time. It's great. We could do a lunch run together Works right. out perfectly. <laughs> uh, um, you know, going back to, to talking about, you know, those, those runs with your dads, those, those challenge runs and long runs and just finding ways to, to make running fun. You know, I, I, did you ever have times when, you know, especially like younger, like high school where you just kind of like, uh, I don't, I, 
I know my dad's this great runner and this and that, but I, I don't want to run with him. And you kind of maybe kind of pushed it away and and we're just like, I, I'm I'm doing my own thing now. <laughs> um no, to be quite honest. Um there were times, you know, as a typical teenager when I didn't really we didn't maybe get along or we'd had a you know, I'd stayed out beyond my curfew and was in trouble or something. <laughs> but no, like I love to run. I mean, I just loved it. I loved it. I loved, I loved it from the time I started to right now. And, um, trying to think there were times, you know, when I was more enthusiastic for it than others, but in general, no, I think, I think I always wanted to run. I mean, there are times when I took breaks and I took like months off or, you know, during the winter in high school, I was, I swam. So I did swimming throughout um, the winter season. And so I wouldn't run a step during that time. But no, no, I think, you know, I never felt obligated or, you know, like, like destined to be a runner. Um, I just really loved it to be quite honest. I just felt that it was, you know, like the most fun thing on the planet. It helped. I was good at it and really bad at other sports, but, um, but I just loved it. I mean, I, I enjoyed it and I don't think I ever really looked at another sport with, you know, any kind of excitement like I had with running. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Just always curious, you know, about that. Uh, my older daughter's running now and, and, you know, she does enjoy that time when we go out together, but she sometimes like, likes going out on her own as well. And, and there's, you know, I just always wonder about that. You know, that yeah. Little- yeah. I, I will say like when I was in college and I will say like my dad was really busy. So he, I mean, he was managing like medical practices and he was doing, um, you know, he, uh, helped start up the heart hospital here in Albuquerque and he was, com- you know, commuting and, doing a lot of stuff like that. So for me, especially like later in high school and then like junior, senior, and then all through college, having the time to run with him was really special. And that was, you know, I, we didn't, you know, I didn't spend a lot of time with him apart from that because he was really busy and I had five siblings. Um, And so getting to have that time with him, you know, whether I knew it or not as being like, I, you know, explicitly saying, I want time with just you. It ended up being that that was like, you know, some really nice time. And we didn't, you know, you know, some days we, you know, we'd go for runs and we'd not really talk or we'd not, you know, talk at all. Or, you know, sometimes we chat the whole time. And um, it was just always like a very easy time to be, to be out there. And, and it was a time where I felt I could always, you know, I could always challenge myself and be able to have some positive, uh, you know, well, one, I, I could never outrun him until later. So he was always pushing me when I was ready to be, you know, when I was pushing myself, you know, he was always giving me a little extra nudge at my elbow. But a lot of times it was just, you know, it's just easy. And so I think 
I think that's some, some really valuable time. So. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like it. That's awesome. And, you know, you talked about your siblings as well. Uh, did they all run too? Uh, let's see. I think, I mean, most of them were runners. I think they all ran in high school. Um, so I'm the oldest. My youngest sister is 14 years younger than I am. Oh, wow. um, and my brother, he he was on the triathlon team at his university. And uh, my next sister ran it. Yeah, I mean, I think the the first four were all runners. My youngest brother was a pole vaulter. And uh, my youngest sister uh, ran in high school. Yeah, so so all pretty active. Most of us are still fairly, fairly active uh, in terms of getting out and about now, some more than others. <laughs> that sounds, I mean, being around your dad and stuff, I'm, I'm sure they learned some of that from him and, and continuing to stay active, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, did you guys ever have, was there any like any kind of competitions or anything between the siblings? Like, oh, I'm going to try to beat your times or was everybody kind of focused on their own thing? You know, that's a good question. You might want to ask my siblings more than me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> um, from my perspective, not really. No, I think... Um, at least for me, I don't think, you know, my brother and I, he's only two years younger than I. So my brother Miguel and I, we were very competitive in high school. And I'd probably tell myself that I beat him most of the time. He might argue with that <laughs> and say that by the time he was, you know, a junior, he could maybe keep up with me, but maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll tease him. We still tease about it. Um but he and I were probably the most competitive. But again, then we're like, you know, ones and boys, ones and girls. And right. And he he was really getting into cycling as well. Um, and I, I don't know. I think I was pretty focused on an exterior goal of, you know, Division One athletics during that time and, and then um, post-collegiate professional running. So for me, I, I never... No, I never felt that I was in competition with my siblings, per se. Um, I think we all had a good time when we'd run together, at, you know, afterwards. Um, but, um, but you know, we're a, it's a pretty competitive family. But no, I don't think... Uh, you should ask them. Okay. <laughs> I'll have to make sure and, uh, and get some of them on at some point then. Oh, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you mentioned, you know, that, that idea of, of competing Division One and, and post-collegiate and, you know, you ended up at Oregon and, you know, what was that like? Because, you know, it's always, you know, that's pre-went, that's, you know, it, it's just kind of the hotbed. Like when people think of collegiate running, I mean, obviously Stanford has had amazing runners in Arkansas and, you know, now with, with NAU and even BYU, but you know, Oregon is just always that one that just kind of stands up there like, you know, this is the place to go. And yeah. so what was that like, you know, being there? Was was that how you looked at it or or what drew you to Oregon? 
Yeah. Well, um, what drew me to Oregon? Well, I knew when I was, yeah, I, I mean, I knew when I was in high school that I wanted to compete at a major college. And so, um, so I was very interested in, in the big colleges. And, and at that time, you know, I was probably looking at, at Stanford, Colorado and Oregon were my, my biggest ones. And, um, and I was recruited at, at all of them happily. What drew me to Oregon, um, was a lot of things. I mean, the mystique of Oregon, you know, is so strong. It's so amazing. And to be quite honest, it's a very different environment and climate than New Mexico, Northern New Mexico. Right. So, um, so I kind of wanted to go somewhere where it was green and where I could run hard. Um, I actually started my, my first initial year as a, after high school, I actually went to Rice University on an academic scholarship and I ran there as well. Um, I learned quickly that, you know, downtown Houston was not where I wanted to be for, um, for, for college, for running. Um, the academics were great and that side of it was really awesome, but I was really unhappy running there. And so I did a, you know, I, I spoke with my coach and, and he, you know, released me to, to go through recruiting again. And, and so I, at that point, then I looked mostly at, at, um, Oregon and Colorado and, and was happy to, you know, be picked up at Oregon and was really, really happy at Oregon. Um, I enjoyed Rice. It's a fabulous school. I have, I still am friends with some of my teammates from there and my roommate, but I, Oregon was just, I mean, you can't deny it. I mean, the town of Eugene is steeped in running lore and history. It's a great place to run. It's beautiful. It's, um, you know, my coach, Tom Heinen, he was great. And I really, I mean, I, I loved it there. I really loved it. I, I actually, after I came back to New Mexico and did my master's, my husband and I moved back to Eugene for a year to train for the 2008 track and field trials there. And, and man, every time I think about Oregon and Eugene, I just I get kind of a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had a great time there. I made, you know, I made like my very best friends um, from college were all on my team and, and it was really fun. That's awesome. It is a beautiful place. And it's just, like you said, it's just, there's so many amazing places to run and so many awesome athletes have run along those same places. So that's cool too. Yeah. 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 So, you know, going forward a bit and, you know, you've run two Olympic marathon trials and when I was reading up on those, what was interesting was that <laughs> one was 12 weeks, pre you were 12 weeks pregnant. <laughs> and the other one was, I believe, 16 weeks after giving birth. Something. Yeah. Three and a half months or so. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Uh, I, I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not ideal timing. <laughs> No, not ideal. And to be honest, I, I DNF'd in both of them, um, fully knowing that I would be DNFing. Yeah. In 2012 in Houston, I was, I was three months pregnant. Um, you know, my husband and I had, 
wanted to have kids for quite a while and we had a lot of trouble getting pregnant. And well, then I was pretty surprised when in the midst of like a really, really the heaviest training that I'd been doing in years, I turned out to be pregnant. So that was pretty exciting. I was, um, I was really shocked. Uh, I was really, really sick. Um, I was, I had a really very difficult pregnancy. I was nauseated to the point of, of, um, you know, headaches and couldn't open my eyes. And it was really awful. It was terrible, actually. It was so bad. But I had qualified for the marathon trial. So we went and I ran it and I did 13 miles and then dropped out. And And I was running at that time for Brooks and they were totally chill with it. They were very excited. They gave me a size larger um, running kit because I was like, guys, I'm not going to fit in this anymore. And so, so that was pretty fun. Fast forward, you know, then I, I had my first daughter and then, you know, fast forward a few years later, we had kind of moved on and, and um, you know, we thought to ourselves, you know, well, we had so much trouble, you know, having, getting uh, pregnant with our first child. We'll probably have even more trouble now that we're three years older. And so we better start now so we could have, you know, a few years to settle into it and, it, you know turned out that I was pregnant like the next day and um and um but that meant that that the timing for for the trials was that I was just barely had delivered well not barely had delivered it was yeah three or four months after and um but still you know I had yeah whatever it it was a 14 week old baby so that was very interesting too I was running at that time I had done some running to try to come back to the race. Um, the race was in Los Angeles and my husband's family is, is in Los Angeles. And so we had planned a trip out there anyways. And, and so again, I ran 13 miles and then dropped out. <laughs> and, um, that was pretty brutal to be quite honest, running 13 miles at Olympic trials pace, just right after having a baby. Um, uh, yeah, I was, it was really hard and I was still nursing and, and, um, so that was pretty funny, but I, I met a couple, I met one mom in particular there who's like, Oh, my, you know, my baby's a, you know, 14 month weeks old. Cause I was nursing out on our way to the starting line. So, wow. So that was fun too. It, it, uh, you know, it, it, uh, turned out to, to be kind of fun. It turned out to be a really hot and quite miserable race in Los Angeles anyway. So it was a, it's probably a pretty good one to, to know you were going to not finish. Yeah. That's I was, I was actually just going to bring that up. I feel like I remember that one being pretty miserable. And Oh, terrible, terrible. Like to be quite honest, it was like the most poorly organized race that I think I've run in my whole <laughs> career. And it was like the Olympic trials. It was terrible. Wow. It was hot. It was, there was no water. It was, it, it was a bad one. Wasn't there like a bunch of like sh- kind of sharp turns as well, if I remember? Yeah. And it was like uh, down. Oh, what's it called? I forget the name of the street. It was just ugly. It was like, why are we running this here? This is terrible. Yeah. So. I, I remember that, like watching it in the buildup. I, I remember a lot, <laughs> a lot of talk about that. So yeah, I can, 
having it kind of pre-planned knowing you weren't going to finish was probably felt yeah. like a, a bit of a relief. <laughs> it was, it was. And it still, it gave, like, it allowed, like, the opportunity for all the fun of the moment, right? I mean, it's the Olympic trials. There are 200 women there. It's amazing. It's a really competitive race. And so even though I kind of knew it, I was kind of, kind of you know, tossing the race from the get-go, it still, it was, like, a really fun celebration. And, um, and it was really important for me to be there and to have my three-year-old and my three-month-old um, be there and just have pictures of that and be like, when you were little, this is what we were doing. And, and so um, my older daughter doesn't remember it, except that we stayed in a hotel and it had one of those cereal, dis- those vertical cereal dispensers with Fruit Loops and she had never had Fruit Loops. And so... When we ask her if she remembers anything, she's like, this cereal, the colored cereal. And um, so, you know, the things memories are made of. Right. That's that's awesome. I'm, you know, again, I want to jump back to that kind of uh, contextualization that you've talked about of of being able to put running in perspective with everything else. And uh, it's it's so awesome to hear you kind of talk about this and, and, you know, knowing like these weren't ideal times, these weren't ideal situations, but I made the most of them and we had fun and, and these memories are great. And it's just, um, it's just awesome getting that perspective out of it too. Thanks. Yeah. I think that's really important. And I think in terms of, you know, to like zoom out to the 10,000 foot view, I think in order to really, like most things in life, right? To be able to to commit, to build, to work, and then to be able to look at whatever outcome happens, you know, what are the events that you control? What are the events you don't control? And how do you then look at this experience and find things, positive, negative learning experiences? How do you take that information and those experiences, and then move forward with them. And and for me, yeah, it's a bummer not to have finished either of the two Olympic trials that I've qualified for. But on the other hand, you know, it's pretty amazing. I qualified for them. I've only run three marathons in my life. So it's pretty awesome. And it also, you know, each one of those experiences has gone into with a big, rich, context, big, rich background, and has been something that has just been, you know, enormously positive for, for me and for my husband and for my kids. And so, you know, I think it's really fun. I I mean, I don't, you know, I don't have any sadness about, you know, oh, I wish I had, you know, planned my pregnancy at a different time or something like that. Like, well, there is no planning, you know, it's really out of my hands. So there's nothing to be sad about. I mean, it's all part of how things go forward. You know, the things that I think I could be more sad about are when I know like I should take a day off because I have a nickel in my Achilles tendon and I don't, that I can be like, oh, you're such an idiot. You know, just take the day off, you know, <laughs> put some ice on it. But in terms of like building out a, a really you know big career, you know, there's nothing in it that, I didn't finish this race, so I didn't put in that work or I didn't have that um, work ethic or I didn't, you know, build 
you know, and work as hard as I possibly could to perform well. Absolutely not. I mean, I absolutely, I mean, I worked, you know, work hard and am focused and can, you know, dial things in and out and, you know, build around events as they happened. And so I think it's that ability to be agile, to be flexible, to be doing all that while still, you know, pretty much jamming hard on, you know, as, as in, you know, maintaining your expectations that I think is the fun part of life, if that's not too philosophical. <laughs> I think it's, it's perfect. And I, I don't know, but I, I feel like most runners, especially distance runners, because you, you're spending hours outside at a time sometimes, and whether you're putting music or something in your ears to, to zone out to, your mind's going to wander and you're going to get philosophical. Yeah. (laughs) And so I don't think that there's anything too philosophical about that. I think that's, that's just a great way to look at that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And, and kind of on that note, I mean, you know, this is a running podcast and God, I I feel like I could talk to you another hour on just (laughs) running. I mean, we haven't even, I don't even feel like we've scratched the surface really, but you know, I, I do want to talk about some of your other things. And um, I guess uh, on that, like, why geology? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Um, why geology? Well, I think, um, to be honest, I think it's tied very closely to running. Growing up in Los Alamos, I mean, everywhere you run is off on a trail and you're going through these huge canyons. I also kind of grew up part of my time in Truchas, New Mexico, just a small village just across the valley from Los Alamos, right. which is where my dad is from. Um, and so we grew up farming there and ranching there. Um, and so we basically lived there, you know, on and off for parts of, of my youth. And so being able to see the landscapes in a variety of ways, through running, through hiking, backpacking, farming, agriculturally, ranching, you know, you get to see this and it kind of build this big tie to the, to the natural world. And so, um, so I actually started college as a, as an art major and, um, and then took a, a rocks for jocks class on the advice of my academic advisor. And it turned out, I was like, man, rocks for jocks is pretty cool. <laughs> you know, it's supposed to be an easy science credit and turned out to be pretty fun. And then I, I came back in the summertime and one of my friend's dad was a scientist at, at Los Alamos National Lab and he needed a field assistant uh, to do some mapping out in the Valles Caldera as that property was switching from private to public entity. They were redoing the geologic maps. And the, the criteria for that was basically to be a live body who could dial a satellite phone in case of an emergency. And so I jumped at the opportunity um, to like spend all day hiking and get paid for it. And it turned out that that, you know, summer was just so amazing. And I was like, man, I, I think I actually really like geology. And so when I transferred to Oregon, I, I double majored in that. And, and then it turned out that, you know, I thought I would get a better job if I got a master's and, and then um, did that. And, and then eventually down the road did a PhD as well. But it mostly it's just a, you know, it's a love of the landscape and it's a love of being able to understand 
the stories and the processes that go into the under, you know, the, the landscapes and the resources, the water that that's around us all day. And I just was so curious about that. And, and I still am. So that's cool. That's amazing. And you mentioned obviously hiking more than a few times in there. And that kind of leads me kind of to your, I guess, latest project. You've got a, a website called uh, Rough It Outdoors and uh, Instagram page um, uh, with that. So do you want to talk a little bit about what you're doing with that? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, it's a fun project. It's, yeah, it's kind of a, a blogs and um, with a little bit of social media presence, but it's, the idea is to make some illustrated guides for outdoors activities. And one thing that I think is important is, especially as a woman and, and one who's raising two daughters to have some kind of female friendly and just in general, you know, it's a, you know, it's anyone really, but to have um, kind of a more fun take on basic information for the outdoors. Um, I, I blog also about my running experiences at a different website. And so that's, that's kind of fun too, but, but to talk specifically about things like hiking and camping and, you know, the basics of trail running and, and just outdoor awareness, outdoor skills, fundamental um, information to be comfortable in the out of doors. I think there's, there's, you know, a lot of kind of uh, boring information that's available out there. And so, so I do illustrated information. And so I draw little cartoons and then have the basic information around that. <laughs> well, I'll definitely put a, a link to it. Yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I will uh I'll put links to the website and the Instagram on uh in in the show notes here. Uh but yeah, it was the somebody somebody that I follow on Instagram had shared it, uh one of them, and I was like, Oh, this is kind of cool. And it, it was just, you know, the little drawings were awesome. And, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I, I interviewed um, a, a woman, Chanel Benton, who's uh, she's she's doing a 50 miler here soon. And she told a story about running into a bear uh, or she's pretty sure it was a bear while she was out on one of her runs. And um, it, it was pretty funny because I think it was right after our conversations, you had shared one about, you know, bears in the woods. and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a big thing. And it's one of the, you know, as I talk to different people and people, you know, question me because um, I do, you know, I am very open about like backpacking and hiking and camping and whatnot. And um, people always ask, well, what do you do if you see a bear? What do you do if you see a bear? You know, have you ever seen a bear? And yes, you know, I've seen many, many bears and had, you know, in fact, I've like run up, I've run into a bear, like physically ran into a bear. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And so, but a lot of people ask like, you know, what is, 
you know, what do I do if I see a bear? And, um, you know, a lot of people find it deterring, you know, the potential to have large wildlife is a deterrent to, to going out on a hike. Um, and I think that that's, that's, um, you know, something that we should approach and we should really try to educate ourselves on and be like, you know what, this may be a scary and this might be, you know, heart pounding, but these are the skills that I can learn. And this is the practices that I would employ if I were to see a bear. And, you know, that turns a scary encounter into something like a really exciting opportunity to experience some really beautiful wildlife. So I think it's kind of this kind of information that can maybe, you know, push somebody who's a little bit, um, maybe a little bit shy on the, you know, I want to go outside, but maybe I'm scared or I don't know what to do um, or I'm really nervous or I'm flat out terrified. Maybe, you know, this will help them approach the outdoors with a little more confidence. Yeah, I I think that's a great idea and I I hope it gains traction. Like I said, I, I, I found the, you know, the ones I've seen are pretty cool. And so I've, I found them interesting. And thanks. <laughs> um, you know, again, like this is, uh, you, you, you know, we're just about an hour in, I, I feel like we've covered so much and yet so little at the same time. <laughs> I obviously I can hear your, you know, at least one of your daughters there in the background. So, <laughs> oh, I know it's about dinner time. <laughs> they're, they're getting antsy for you. So, um, you know, I, I just want to say, you know, I find it amazing. You know, when I was looking you up, just just everything, you know, from not just the running perspective of, of you know, being at the top of the high school game here and, and running Division One and being sponsored by Brooks, which I, you know, I didn't even mention that. That was so cool at how easy going they were for you um, during that first yeah. marathon. I mean, we've heard stories of, of people having, you know, much worse interactions with their right? companies. I, I believe, um, I think it was uh, Alyssa Montano just recently, you know, there was a big thing with, with her and, you know, it's, yeah. it's uh, you know, it's awesome that you had a good experience with that. And, you know, like I said, I mean, I, we didn't even talk about your think of ubiquitous. Uh, I think I saw at one point you had an Etsy shop that was, that you had around, like you turned the data into like awesome designs and things like yeah, coaching. Um, <laughs> you were just busy. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how I like it. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, I, I think, I think this is a great spot to to stop for today, but I, 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 I'm probably going to have to have you back on at some point. That's we should definitely, yeah, we should definitely continue. That, that'll be great. Maybe, maybe I'll have to have one, you know, you and your siblings all on together or something. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so I, uh, my last question for you is, what music or song or artist are you listening to kind of maybe to get you going, get you moving, get you pumped, get you out that door? Yeah, well, it's a good question. I don't listen to music while I run ever. Um, so in terms of that, sorry, there's nothing there. Um, <laughs> but in terms of what am I listening to right now in daily life, 
Um, I'm kind of a classical music person, but right now I'm really into classical cello. Uh-huh. So, of course, the king of that is Yo-Yo Ma. These, you know, for the last decade. Right. So I listen to that when I'm when I'm writing in particular. Um, and to date myself a little bit, I listen to David Gray a lot. Um, you know, I also really like the, uh, it's this group called the First Aid Kit. Oh, um, yes. I, love I really that. like them. They're and, really um, chill and fun. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and other than that, I listen to a lot of very basic intro piano because I'm trying to relearn how to play the piano. Um, <laughs> I played it for many, many years and I played the violin and then I did not for about two decades. And now I've decided that I should learn to replay the piano. So I um, am doing kind of Suzuki method style of basic piano. So <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure how easy that is with uh, three children, especially a, a newer born one, <laughs> but it's a slow progression. <laughs> That's uh, high goals. I love that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, you know, thank you again. This was a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoyed talking to you. I, and yeah, this is great. Is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? No, really. Thank you. It's been fun. It's always kind of, it's always exciting. So yeah, I would, you know, I encourage people to, to run, to run deeply and, and to then, you know, not forget about the rest of their lives. So yeah, yeah, it's all enjoyable. I'd once again like to thank my guest for their time, and thank you for tuning in. If you have the opportunity, please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts, or just help spread the word. Music was provided by Philip Friedman. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJ Teach. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at RunningNM. Feel free to drop me a line or shoot me an email at runningnewmexico.com at gmail.com if you have any questions or know of someone who should be interviewed. In the meantime, keep running, New Mexico.